Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Well, my name is Nikos Stefanidis, and uh, my wife uh, is Maria. She is uh, with me this time. I'm so um, honored to uh, be invited uh, in this conference for the second time. As I'm going uh, through and see all uh, the, uh, the different ministries that are going around the world, I feel even more honored to be chosen here at least to share something about what the Lord does uh, in uh, Athens. A uh, few things about the ministry before I really uh, share with you what uh, passion I have in my heart. Um, uh, Helping Hands, uh, it's a partner in ministry with uh, international teams uh, in Athens, and uh, it's a full-service station demonstrating the care of God for the refugees on uh, the Athens exit ramp of the refugee highway. It's a big title, but this is what we try to, uh, to do there. And uh, in practical ways, uh, this means that um, as uh, the refugees are coming uh, to Greece uh, from Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, uh, Somalia, Sudan, Eritrea, Morocco, Lebanon, other places uh, of the Middle East, uh, of 30 different countries, uh, we try to reach out to them in very practical ways, uh, by providing uh, food, by providing showers, uh, clothing ministry, uh, laundry ministry, family ministry, uh, a nest where we put people uh, to, uh, to sleep, uh, special camp uh, uh, programs for the summer, for the kids, for families, uh, a seekers class uh, for, refu- for Farsi-speaking people uh, every Sunday, uh, we have uh, uh, some uh, legal help, uh, medical help, uh, and uh, through all these uh, ministries, God works uh, miraculously. I'm not going to go to explain every little ministry that uh, we are doing through the week. It's a very busy week, uh, each week, uh, uh, the whole year. But what I will, uh, try, I will ask you to do is uh, to go through uh, uh, our desk uh, and pick up one of these, uh, and this is the last uh, uh, edition, uh, where you are going to find a description and with pictures of what we are doing. And it has all the information there if you want to write to us. And uh, also, I have plenty of uh, uh, bookmarkers. Uh, Oh, no. I did a mistake again. Um, um, How do you call this? Okay, one of these. Now you will remember it. Take it. Put it in your Bible. Put it in your book that you are reading. In that case, you will remember me, this crazy Greek who didn't know how to say it. (laughs) Let's pray for this guy and for the ministry that is done in uh, Athens. So, if I had your addresses, if you didn't take any of these, I will send them at at home, but I don't have. So please take them if you want to read more of what the Lord is doing in Athens. Now, loving God, loving others. And I say many times in Greece when I'm going from church to church that if we do not earn the, um, the right, we cannot speak to people about God's love. And among refugees, we earn the right to speak about God's love 
by uh, sharing to them, showing to them God's love in practical ways. And through all these uh, things, God really does miraculous things. And we live, we experience uh, God in his different attributes. And today, tonight, I really do encourage you. Uh, I'm going to talk about how God is working in order to tell you that he's alive. He's working today. Uh, he's not sleeping. He's not somewhere far away waiting when we are going to go there and then to tell us if we have done right or not. He's with us. He's here. He's everywhere where his children, his church is. And he's at helping hands. In the Bible, we read in Colossians 2.20, I want you to know, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. That's my pur uh, purpose tonight, to encourage you uh, th uh, through uh, the ways God is working among refugees in Athens. We read in the Bible many times that the Lord is provider. That's one of his characteristics. He's provider. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. We cannot do anything without God's providing strength. God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. For your bounty, oh God, you provided for the poor. This is the God of provider. Our ministry costs about 18,000 euros a month. We don't know where they are coming from, but we know that God is the provider, and he really does it in miraculous ways uh, uh, at different levels of our ministry. Uh, for many years, I was applying and pushing the government uh, to include us in a subsidy program. Uh, finally, uh, after four years, they did. Two years ago, usually they give us rice, uh, spaghetti, and feta cheese in uh, a few tons uh, in quantity. Uh, two years ago, uh, I received a note that says that uh, this year you are going to receive only 800 kilos because there is a shortage of rice. So I go the day that they appointed to sign, to uh, receive it, and there were about 20 people from different philanthropic organizations, and they were complaining, why do we get only 200? Why 250? Why 300 kilos? And the, and the person from the agricultural ministry said this, only the ones who provide uh, food, who feed people will get more. And they were saying, who is there? Is anybody in Athens who does that? And I was saying, Lord, don't, uh, don't allow him to say my name. How am I going to explain to all these people? Um, and when I signed, I said, uh, Mr. Titis, thank you very much, he understood. And I left. I went to uh, our storage room, Already there was the guys who were put, uh, downloading 800 kilos. And my mobile rings and says now the other the voice, Mr. Stephanidis, everybody left. Tell me how much rice you want. And I said, what do you mean? He said, how much you want? I said, if I want 10 tons, you're going to give it to me? Do you want it? I said, oh, no, no, I don't know what to do with 10 tons. But send me four. In an hour, four tons were there. Who was behind? It was God, the provider. We try to help refugees with legal help and we send one of our teammates all the time with refugees at the police to re renew their uh, papers or to apply. So this lady, one morning, very early, goes to the queue, queues, lines of queues, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. So she, she goes directly to the policeman and uh, tries to ask, 
where shall I go for this case? At that time, the hurt department, the, the person of the, uh, the, the hurt um, policeman was going through, heard the question, uh, her question, and said to her, would you please, please come to my office? And she went to, her office, to his office, and they talked a lot, a lot. And at the end, he picked up a piece of paper and said, I will help you. You don't have to come anymore here. Take this. Give it to your uh, uh, director. So he can sign it, stamp it, and fill it with the names of the refugee and all the information. And the refugee, give it to the refugee. The refugee will come, and this, with this paper, he will come to my office. Who was behind? I don't, uh, we don't have any connection with politicians or policemen. We don't want to have. It was God who opened a door uh, at the police station, the, the head department, uh, and the head officer, and he was there to, to help us. This is our God, a God of provider. But also, our God is a God of encourager. I, I know that in our personal lives we are discouraged. I know that you have discouraged in your ministries. We have discouraged many times, and one of those times it was uh, in uh, July of uh, 2006. Uh, uh, financially, we were not able to keep the place open. And we said, what are we going to do? We closed the place, and we said, let's play, pray for two weeks. Every day, come together and pray and seek God. Uh, worship God and pray and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? Uh, this ministry is yours. We are serving you. What do you want us to do? Why you shut uh, 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 the door? Why not money are coming? Uh, why? And uh, the halfway through the first week, we received a call from Finland. Two years prior to that day, to that month, uh, it was an Iranian person in prison. He was hearing for every Wednesday for almost a year the message through an Iranian believer, one of our teammates. He left, we lost his uh, uh, whereabouts, and he called to say, Nadir, that's the name of the Iranian guy, our teammate, I am in Finland, I tried to find your number, finally I found it, and I call immediately to tell you three things. First of all, I thank you for going and seeing my brother who was uh, in the hospital, ready to die, but he's alive, he's with me, and I'm in Finland. Second, I want to tell you that uh, I stopped selling drugs, I have an ordinary job, and tell me where to send some money to help other refugees. And third, Nadir, if you thought that whenever you were talking all these Wednesdays that I never gave any attention to what you were saying, I want to tell you this, those things changed my life. This is our God, the encourager. At that moment when we heard this uh, uh, phone call, uh, uh, we praised the Lord because the Lord was telling us, carry on your work. It's my work. Don't worry. Get some rest. Pray. And you know, he flooded uh, the place. Um, and since then, so far, we don't have any financial problem. God is the God of uh, encourager. Uh, we usually pray for God to send missionaries to these uh, uh, places where the gospel is forbidden to be preached. In Afghanistan, in Iraq, in other countries. And uh, we usually say the best missionaries to these people are the refugees who become Christians. 
And you know God is calling uh, refugees uh, who are being saved in Athens and send them to different directions to start fellowships. In Europe, there are fellowships uh, among Iranian and Afghan people through believers who went through uh, Athens. Um, and God really uh, saves uh, uh, people. Um, there was a guy, an Afghan guy, uh, his, I don't say his name, it's H, we put uh, there, who was in Athens, he became a Christian, and uh, then he uh, went to Belgium, there he was able to get papers, passport, now he can live, have house, have business, whatever he wants to do. But God, really, as he was growing in his faith, uh, God felt calling him to go back. What a crazy thing. He left Afghanistan for his life, and now he, God calls him to go back. And he left everything, and he stopped in Istanbul. They say, maybe true, that Istanbul has the second largest uh, Afghan population uh, from any cities uh, from after Kabul and other cities of Afghanistan. He went there. He found a job. And he started talking to refugees, uh, to Afghan people there. And um, uh, the last uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday of uh, uh, October 2005, he has the first meeting. Twelve Afghan people hearing about Jesus. The, the first Sunday of uh, uh, October 2005, there are 13. One new person. This new person became Christian. This new person was already evangelized through mysterious ways. He was uh, a judge in Afghanistan. Talibans have been killed most of his uh, family members. He ran for his life. He was uh, uh, deported back about 13 or 15 times. And the last time uh, when the Turkish army took uh, them through two soldiers to the borders of Iran, the two soldiers talked between the two of them and then turned to this uh, Afghan guy and to another one and said to them, listen, that way is Iran, the first village is 12 hours walking. It was uh, uh, February uh, of 2005. Snow a lot. You cannot walk. You will die. Even if you can, the wolves will eat you. This way is Turkey again, the first village in, in one and a half mile. We cannot leave you to die because if we do, we cannot face our Savior, Jesus Christ. So they picked up all the money that they had. They gave them to these two guys, to uh, refugees, Afghan people, and said, go. We know that if anybody finds out about it, they will prison us and maybe execute us. But we cannot do otherwise. As they were going, the soldiers shouted, Remember, you are being saved and alive because of Jesus. Live for him. And he thought, these Turkish soldiers are crazy. Who is this Jesus? But eventually, after weeks and months were passing, he, they, uh, he started uh, asking himself, actually, yes, I'm, because of Jesus I'm alive. Who is this Jesus? And he arrived eventually uh, in Istanbul, and as he was asking different Afghan people, one of them has been the previous Sunday in the first meeting that was held by somebody who became Christian in Athens, Grew up in his faith in Belgium, felt God's call there, and he went to Istanbul, and they met. 
Isn't this how God is working? Somebody uh, throws the seeds. Uh, uh, others is watering. God is the one who is greasing. And uh, He is the one who collects His church. But everything began in an open door where we were able to give only some food, little showers or clothing. This is how God spreads the gospel. And um, uh, it's uh, another very, very encouraging uh, uh, real story, really. It's a big story how a family, an Iranian uh, husband and mother, uh, wife, and their two kids became Christians. And uh, it was like the heavens were opening and the angels were singing when they were baptized. And uh, all uh, uh, the whole family singing to the Lord and saying, yes, Jesus is our Savior. It, 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 I had a feeling that the angels were looking down and saying to the Lord, Amen! Jehovah! Here are four more! They had full passion for evangelism. Uh, they stayed in Athens a few, few uh, uh, months. And all those months, they were going in the parks and inviting people to the uh, seekers classes and to outreach programs for Farsi-speaking people. And eventually they went to Norway. We were th praying for them. I gave a whole file with uh, documentations and everything. And uh, we don't know what's happening. What we found out, what's happening, it was from the, from the Norwegian government. They sent the whole file to the Norwegian embassy in Athens. They called me from Athens. And when I, I, uh, I heard uh, uh, them talking to me on the mobile, I said, where in the world do you find my mobile? And what do I have to do with uh, the Norwegian family? And uh, they said, everything is, uh, uh, they said, come down. Nothing is wrong. We just want to see you. I said, okay. And they came one uh, uh, Thursday at one of our tea houses. And as this lady, 60, about years of age, uh, gave me the file, uh, I, uh, and I was opening it, she said, can I ask you a question? Are these born again? And I shocked. I said to her, you have used a word which means you know what you're talking about. If they are not born again, neither you or I are. And we talked about two hours for legalities and other things. And as she was leaving the room, she turned back and said, you know what? There must be two Christians. And I said, why do you say that? And she says, because in Norway, in order to avoid creating ghettos and people fighting, we move them every two or three months from place to place. This family, wherever they go, they make the rest of them Christians. And this testimony comes from the government. It's not a rumor. And I said to her, that's what Christianity is all about. And she left. And gladly, gladly the government gave them uh, papers, legal papers. They have their house. They have their job. They learn the language. And they have four churches. And we have sent our Iranian teammate to Norway to go and visit those four churches and other uh, small fellowships that started through other uh, people who became Christians in Athens. This is our God. This is how he's working. We spread a little and he just multiplies it. Be encouraged. 
What a testimony. What a testimony. You know, we have experienced in God saving people how so many, so often. I, I had a problem what to choose, what to say. In my mind came to my, uh, that uh, Saturday morning, we have 800 people in the, the center that holds uh, uh, 300 people sitting, but all of them were uh, standing, uh, women, men, children, uh, shouting, pushing, being afraid that food will not be enough for everybody, not being able with my uh, strong voice to put them in an order and into that chaos. One of our teammates from the kitchen comes out and talks to her husband and myself and says, guys, here there is uh, an Afghan lady who wants to know about Jesus and wants to believe to Jesus. And I laughed. <laughs> I said, in this chaos, in this uh, noise, in this pushing and pushing, who is this who wants to know about Jesus, what God is doing? Not expecting that God will work. Apparently. And this, uh, our teammate, uh, the sister, took her with an interpreter in a small office and asked her three questions. Who talked to you about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? Why do you want to become a Christian? And she said, nobody talked to me. I know nothing. But when I have seen in all these past weeks and months, you people serving us in such a way, behaving between the two, uh, between the, uh, you as a team in such a way, and talking about somebody who is Jesus because she could see in the monitor the life of Jesus, the Jesus film and other works that we uh, 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 show to the refugees as they are eating. She says, something grew up in me. And I thought, if this is the Jesus, who changed you and make you that kind of person, I want him. And our sister had for two hours almost to explain to her about all about Jesus. And when at the end uh, she was uh, gave, giving her a New Testament and uh, uh, asking her to leave, she says, uh, can we pray now? And while... Behind that wall of that small office, it was the noise going on, pushing uh, one, pushing the other to take the food and everything we were able to, uh, to give. In the small office, God was saving a soul, adding another one to his church. Why? Because a door is always open for refugees who seek in him to find him in practical ways. And uh, we have experienced God protecting us because he is a God of protection. In Athens, people feel that we have democracy, and we do, and that everything, everybody is safe. Yes, everybody except uh, refugees who become Christians. In Athens, we have 700,000 Muslim people who came in the last seven years all of them illegally. They need Jesus. And they have 40 worship places. They have few muftis. They have spies. 
They are coming to our center. And because I know some of these, I say to them, okay, we will tell you what you want to know. Sit down with us and eat. And of course, they move immediately. They realize they been, have been spotted. They are of a threat to the refugee believers. Two of them, they have beaten them very badly. One of them, uh, after a few times warning him, stop speaking about this Christ to Afghan people. Otherwise, we will stop you. And at 2 o'clock one, uh, one, one night, they sent two people and, st and stopped him. And uh, the doctor at the hospital said, by, uh, just by a threat, you were being saved. If the knife was going a little further down, you wouldn't be able to make it to the hospital. And uh, the next day, after a few days, actually, I saw all of them, and I, I, I asked uh, each one of them separately, how do you feel now about Jesus? What do you think about Jesus now that your life is uh, threatened? And all of them gave me the same answer. For Jesus, everything. And the last guy who was stopped, he says, I owe my life to Jesus twice because he saved me, made me his child. And he saved my life again. And I'm alive. God is a God of protector. You know, uh, Satan tries to uh, hit the hurt. Uh, uh, the pastor in a church. Uh, 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 the people who are responsible for a ministry. Uh, because uh, Satan th believes that uh, if, we, if I destroy Nikos, uh, uh, well, the whole team will disperse. So uh, an Afghan guy was attacked, me and uh, one of my teammates, actually, uh, Scott McCracken, an American who uh, from international teams actually started this ministry in 1990 until we became helping hands. And as we were going out uh, uh, late one Tuesday, uh, I, I saw him and smiling and I said, what are you doing uh, this uh, time here? Uh, we finished food uh, uh, three or four hours before. And suddenly as we went out of uh, our stairs, we opened the, the gate, he pulled a knife and he thrust on us. I was able to hold him from his uh, uh, neck, but he was humming f with a force, pulled me to, and uh, uh, went against uh, Scott with his knife. I saw Scott falling down, and then I left him, and he started running. And I said, Scott, are you okay? And he said, yes, yes, I simply uh, slipped from uh, the stairs, and I fall down. And humanly will say, this is how he saved. No, it was God. There, who saved us. And um, uh, I felt so bad that, uh, that day, uh, that evening, I couldn't sleep that night because as I, saw, I realized Scott is uh, quite well, uh, only the knife cut all the way through his clothes and the skin at beneath of, uh, uh, next to his heart, uh, but it was not that much of a, uh, of a bleed. Uh, I started running behind him, not to evangelize him, to kill him. Because he tried to spoil my partner. And my old nature went out. And I was not able to catch him. But Scott, while he was on the ground, was shouting in English, asking other refugees, translate for him. Jesus loved him and I love him. Jesus forgave him and I forgive him. And there it was where I felt so bad. 
and I learned a lesson to learn to forgive. As you serve God to forgive your enemies. God is a God of protector, of protection. And uh, before sharing something more as a challenge, I want to add another experience. We had uh, um, we have a center, and we have games, uh, table tennis, and other games. You know that a few times refugees have disagreements. Never fight in our center. Never. They go out. They kill themselves, but they go out. They don't touch it. Who is there? It's God. One day there was a team of table tennis, playing table tennis from Nigeria and another team from Kurdish team. They got into a fight, a disagreement. We didn't realize that they had a disagreement. We found out 10 minutes later when they went out, they fought the Nigerian guy, uh, uh, really hit very hard uh, the uh, Kurdish guy. Blood was coming out of his face. At that time, outside on the street, as they were fighting, policemen came in and they saw this Kurdish guy with blood. Uh, they went to him and he started accusing all the black people. And he brought the policeman to our center and trying to say, oh, this is the one who hit me or that is the one. So when I found out, I went out and I said to the policeman, please, don't do anything. These people are scared from their countries. Get out. And let's go down to the store, to the entrance. And as we were going down there, Scott, uh, my partner, called me and said, Nikos, come out. Uh, so I went to the street first, and I saw uh, the 30 about uh, Nigerians and so many and more Kurdish from the other side of both sides of the street. We have pools of uh, metal to prevent people parking on uh, the pedestrian area. So they broke all of them, ready to fight. And I was talking to Curtis, Scott was talking to, talking to the Nigerians, pleading them, don't do it, this will hurt you. And the police called me back. And as I went in and talking to them, and giving some explanations, uh, some uh, talking about the whole issue, I hear Scott saying, Nikos, where are you, Nikos? And I was wondering, what is going on now out there? So I said to the policeman, please, I want to go out. And uh, by the time they let me go, passed about five minutes. And I went out. And I said, I saw Scott right in the middle of the street. Very busy street. One or two of you have been there. And I said, Scott, what happened? He said, where are where you? And I explained to him. But I said, what happened here? He said, I don't know. When I saw them coming against one gang, against the other, I fell down on the, on the road and I started praying, shouting, praying. And when I said amen, I was afraid to open my eyes. And slowly I looked on my right, I looked on my left. There was no one there. Everybody left. That was God. Because God is a protector. This God, who is the provider, who is the encourager, who is the savior, who is the protector, who is everything that he is, this God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, really puts before us a challenge. 
Jesus said to his disciples, just before he was leaving to heaven, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Actually, what Jesus was saying to his disciples and was saying and does say, say to us today is this. Jesus says, I have finished my mission. I'm going to my father, but now my mission is your mission. You have to go after I leave to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And he says to us, this God, the God of salvation, the God of, of uh, uh, safety, the God of provi provision, he says to you and to me, he says to all of us, he says to his church today, Jesus is in heaven, but we are Jesus in Jesus' place down here. And he says to us, I am sending you to be my witnesses in Bangor, in Belfast, in Newcastle, in Northern Ireland, in Great Britain, in Europe, to the ends of the world. This is a challenge that we have to pray about, think about, because it's a commission from Jesus and from a living God to you and to me. But of course, God never sends somebody without provision. And Jesus said to his disciples, yes, I'm sending you. Yes, you will be in my place. Yes, my mission is your mission. But you must know my power is your power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit and with its help, we were able to see our sin and Savior repented, joined the family of God, being coherent of Jesus. That Holy Spirit is in you, is in me. And the more we allow the God, the Holy Spirit, to control us, to control our thinking, to control our goals, to control our plans, to control our life, to control our will, who oh, is going to make miracles that we will never imagine. And you know, in closing, the church can fulfill with the power of the Holy Spirit Jesus' mission that he left it to us by prayer, by sending, by giving. And God is wise. Everybody can pray, so that's something everybody can do. You may be 150 years of age. If you can speak to the Lord in your mind, you have to pray. Don't stop praying. Prayer has power. You may be very little, uh, 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 two years, three years, I don't know if we have any child like this who can say something, can pray. Everybody can pray. And uh, we have to be, as we pray, we have to be ready to and hear God's voice like, like this Afghan guy from Belgium heard God's voice and said, God calls me, I'm going back. We have to be ready to go which means the church has to be behind to send. If the church is not dreaming to see uh, this church being multiplied outside of these uh, uh, walls in different cities of this country and in different areas of this world, the church will die.
We will fulfill Jesus' call by sending and by giving. And this also is something that everybody can do it. Not everybody will go because God will not call everybody to go out. But everybody can give. Doesn't make any difference how much little it is. We have an example uh, when Jesus said that this widow gave the most. And I have so moving experience uh, so many times uh, in uh, my ministers and visiting churches. And this lady who uh, came at the end of the service uh, said to me, I'm praying for you, an old lady, very little pension. And she said to me, uh, she had uh, a napkin in her hand and said, I want you to take this napkin uh, for the ministry. And she put it in my pocket. Uh, it was uh, more than her 10%. She was taking 230 uh, euros pension, uh, uh, and she gave me 35 euros. But because her heart was there, she said, this is what I can do, and God multiplies it. And I don't have time to tell you how much, how God is providing, how God has moved uh, the Greek uh, uh, believers interdenominationally, and uh, uh, although uh, the whole number of it is uh, only 15,000, if you take all of them, Pentecostals, Free Evangelicals, uh, Presbyterians, Baptists, everybody, beyond their expenses for their pastors, buildings, ministries, everything, they are given to helping hands about 100,000 euros. That's God who provides for, from people who say to the Lord, I will give for the expansion of the gospel. Brothers and sisters, our God is alive. Our God is working. Our God is saving people here and everywhere. What he wants from us is to glorify him, to praise him daily, pray to him, and ask him to do even more through all the missionaries that have been obeyed to the call and are out there. And I know that we are doing an easy job in Athens. Most of you who are missionaries are doing the hardest work. Oh, may God really encourage you and keep you and bless you. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.